The struggle's real, isn't it? I'm Darren. I'm one of the pastors here at, at Focus 314. And, and what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks is we've been talking about the struggles that each and every single one of us face. We're, we're, we're in a three-week series, wrapping it up today. It's a, it's a series based off of a book by one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite pastors, Pastor Craig Rochelle. And, and, and we're looking at these struggles that we all face. Anybody, anybody in here have any struggles? Come on now, I know y'all got struggles. Ladies, I know you got some struggles, don't you? Right? How about some moms? Any moms in here got some struggles, right? I, I tell you what, one of my favorite moments of being able to witness struggle happens almost every single weekday uh, in my house. I, I love being able to watch my wife in this kind of controlled, chaotic moment called getting the boys ready for school. It's so, it's so fun to be able to see this happen. You know, she's, it's a struggle to be able to get the boys awake. And then it's a struggle to get them into the shower. We take showers in the, in the morning at, at our house. And then it's a struggle to make sure that they get clothes on. It's a struggle to get them food for lunch. It's a struggle to, to get uh, breakfast inside. It's a struggle to get them, come on, shoes. How hard is it to put some shoes on, right? And then, and then I tell you what, probably nine times out of 10, 99 out of 100, these are the words that I hear in my house almost every single weekday. We got to go. The struggle is real, isn't it? And, and for some of you ladies that may be past that stage of life or, or not in that stage of life yet, I know the struggle is real for you too, isn't it? Because I see y'all putting up mascara on, like sitting at a stop sign. What is, I don't even know how y'all do that. I saw a lady, no, I'm not even joking about this. I saw a lady the other day, she was putting some mascara on in the HOV lane of the 202. I was scared for her and for me right? Like the struggle, we all got some struggles, don't we? Don't we? This series, we've been talking about the struggles that we all face, and we've been looking at how that, how those struggles play out within social media and technology. It's not, it's not a message against social media, but we just want to be able to understand how to be able to use this thing, right? And make sure that it's not using us or abusing us. And so we're looking at these struggles that we have. We started off this series talking about the, the struggle to be authentic in a very edited world. Isn't it hard? It's hard to be able to show people who we truly are inside. Uh, last week, powerful message about finding rest. Anybody? Man, we just want some rest, right? Not even rest for our bodies, but rest for our souls. The struggle to be able to find some rest. And today, today we're going to talk about a struggle that I think every single one of us faces. No matter where we are in life, we live in a world where we struggle with comparisons. Anybody struggle with comparison? Right? Some sociologists believe that, that we live in a day and an age where comparisons, comparisons are as big as they've ever been. We've never had so much, yet still long for more. We live in a place, in, in the history of mankind, we've never had so much, yet we still, we want more. Uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick, he said it so well this way. He said, we're comparing our behind the scenes with someone else's highlight reels, right? Because what do we do on social media? We put the best of our best, right? And so what happens is that we compare the best of their best with the worst of our worst. 
It's such a struggle. We see how somebody else is living. We think, man, that, I'm having a decent lunch right here until I see somebody else and that amazing. Like, where do, I don't even know where you got that sandwich. Is that, is that filet mignon sandwich? Is, it, is that even a real thing? I didn't even know that was a thing, but I want it so badly, right? <laughs> we struggle with these comparisons. We struggle. This, this doesn't just affect all the ladies in here. Like, I, I know that it does, though. Like, I heard a story of two, two close friends that were no longer friends anymore because they just could not stand where the other one was at in their stage of life. The one, the one lady was a, a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home mom being able to raise up uh, some kids, and the other one was a little bit more career-minded. And the career-minded lady, she would look at the other one, and she would just get so upset. She's like, I don't know how you do it. How do your kids look like they should be J. Crew models every single day, right? No ladies in here ever think about that. She thought, I, I think Pinterest was created just for you so that you could show off all of the crafts. You're the most craftiest person I've ever seen, right? Right? And she got so upset that she just stopped. She's like, I don't even want to hang out with you anymore. The other one was sitting there looking at the career-minded woman, and she thought to herself, I, I'm just so jealous the fact that you get up and you get dressed nicely every day. I haven't even had my hair out of a ponytail in eight months, right? Ain't nobody ever, I know ladies, you never thought that before, have you, right? I haven't even talked to an adult in, in 48 hours, right? Like the struggle's real and we compare where we are. And this isn't just, I know it's not just for the ladies here today, even though I know it's a struggle for you. In fact, in fact, this message today was because I was asking my wife, she said, she said I'll tell you that a struggle that, that ladies face is, is comparisons. I know that it's there. But it's something that all of us, men, we face it too, don't we? Any, any men out there compare your garage to somebody else's garage? <laughs> hey, that's when you know you have entered into manhood. When you're like, that's a nice garage, right? Like, Thought never crossed your mind before. And then you're like, this is a, man, look at this garage. I could, I could do some woodwork in here. I don't even know how to do anything like a, I'm going to whittle a toothpick. That's it. I could do it inside this garage. It's fantastic, right? We live in a place where we are comparing ourselves and we think to ourselves like, I don't know why. Why am I sitting alone on a Friday night when all of my friends are out again or or my best friend is on a date with this person and, and they look really nice and I'm, I'm all by myself again. Why, why are they on their fourth vacation and, and, and we're just like, we're lucky to be able to go out to McDonald's every once in a while. We find ourselves comparing all of the time and then we find ourselves dissatisfied with where we are at. Because I'll tell you, the more that we compare, the less satisfied we are. The more that we see something else in somebody else's life and we're envious of them, we're jealous of them, the more, the less satisfied that we are. We become completely dissatisfied with who we are, with what we have, with what we're doing. The more that we compare, there's a danger and a struggle of comparison. Comparisons are real. How many of you today would just, just for a moment, just be brutally honest and just say today that, I've got some, man, I struggle with some comparisons. Like, don't, don't take this as a moment to, like, nudge the person next to you. You know, you elbow them, and you're like, oh, I know you, I know you, right? Like, no, just for you to take a moment and just be honest with yourself. And just say, you know, inside my heart, I feel it at times. I'm, I'm not 
content with where I'm at, what's going on in my life. I, maybe you haven't even thought about it in this way. So, so maybe for a second you could be honest about some specific areas in your life and see if you, are you satisfied or are you, are you continuing to compare? And some of those might be these right here. Uh, number one, material and financial. Are you jealous of your neighbor's boat? Right? Let me tell you something. Like, just become friends with them. <laughs> like that's, a, that's the best way to be able to have a boat. Don't own it yourself, man. Just be friends with them and take it out, right? I'll give you 100 bucks and you deal with all of that, right? But do you find yourself just wanting more stuff? You find yourself like, I'm not happy with how much money that I have. And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter where you're at, how much you make. There's always, it always feels like there can be more, right? Do you find yourself discontent with what you have or what you don't have? Or maybe possibly this could be for you. Do you find yourself unsatisfied relationally? Man, all my friends are married and I just, I haven't been on a date in nine months. Why is it everybody else? Everybody, what's the deal with that, right? Tinder, I guess. I don't even. <laughs> Love's found in mysterious ways. I'm just, maybe, maybe it's like you're thinking to yourself, you know, uh, all of my friends are having babies. That's a hard one, isn't it? They've been trying for seven years and you're, you're, you're unsatisfied with where you're at. Or why is it that, why does it seem like everybody else's marriage is happy and my marriage is unhappy? So it must mean that my marriage, I should just, I should just leave that one and go after another one to try to see if I can be as happy as what they seem to be. Anybody feel relationally unsatisfied? Or how about this one? And this is the one I'm just going to be honest. This is the one that gets me. Circumstantial discontent. I feel like at this point in my life that I should be further along than what I am. I feel like it, at this age, I should have accomplished a little bit more. I feel like I'm not living up to maybe potential. This is the one that gets me. I'm going to tell you, I'm just being honest. This is the one that gets me. This can get to me. I tell you, I absolutely love my church. Anybody agree with me? Yeah. Okay. How about anybody love their church today? Come on now. There you go, that's what I'm talking about. I got to like pull it out of you, right? <laughs> Make me feel good about it. But I do, I absolutely love my church. It is my favorite. I am not joking when I say this is my favorite place to be, doing my favorite thing with my favorite people, which is worshiping God. I absolutely love my church. Except sometimes. Here's where it really, it'll hit me. This is when it'll hit me. Like, we, we have a big day. We'll have a celebration. Uh, uh, man, Easter, we talked about this. Easter was a huge day for us. We almost hit 400. It was wonderful, fantastic. And then the following week, we had, uh, again, record attendance, uh, a record for non-holiday. It was, it was amazing, right? And, you, and for, I can ride that high of a great Sunday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, wow, that, man, God was moving in that place. And, and so I can, I can be in that moment and be like, wow, that was unbelievable. And then I get on social media, and then I see a pastor. We had 450,000 people in the church today. 
And 90,000 of them got baptized. I'm like, what are we doing wrong? (laughs) I feel like we should be doing more. And circumstances can get us to a place where we feel just completely unsatisfied when we're comparing where we are with somebody else. The struggle's real. There's never been a point in history where we've had so much, yet we long for so much more. Comparisons are something that each and every single one of us deal with. Paul talked about it in Philippians 4.12. He said this, I know what it is to be in need. Anybody know what that's like? I know what it's like to be in need. Anybody in that moment right now where, hey, I could use an extra $20. I could use a little bit of help in these, in this situation, this health situation right now. I could use a, anybody know what it's like to be in need, right? How about, anybody know what it's like to be in plenty? And I know what it's like to be, anybody know what that's like to be in plenty? Anybody got, anybody had a full belly at Thanksgiving? (sighs) I've had plenty, right? We all know what it's like to be in each of those moments, to have a need and to be in plenty. I know what it's like. We, we can relate to that. But we feel discontent usually when it feels like we're in need. But I can tell you that it's just as real when we're in moments of plenty as well. And then he says this. He said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Anybody want to know the secret to being content? Right? Well, just Wait. Paul's going to tell us this. This fantastic moment where we all are longing for so much more. And Paul's like, I have learned the secret. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Anybody today want to know the secret of being satisfied in this world that we have? You've probably heard this verse before in a way of trying to get you to be overcoming. But you've never thought about it in a moment of just being satisfied with this world. Philippians 4.13, Paul says, here's the secret. Here's the secret for you right now. I can do all this. What's this? This life? What's this? This moment of need that I have? What's this? This moment of plenty that I am living in right now, whether it's in lack or abundance, Paul said, I can do all of this, this life, through him who gives me strength. Where do I find satisfaction? Through Christ in Christ alone. Here's what I want you to be able to to understand today. In fact, I would love for you to be able to write it down. It's in your talk notes, but write it down again. I want you to write it down. I want you to memorize it. I want you to internalize it, and then you can live this out. And here's the secret to making sure that you are living a life of satisfaction, is that Christ is all that I have, and Christ is all that I need. Christ is all that I have, and he is all that I need. I can do all of this through Him, through Christ and Christ alone, who gives me strength. How can you stop feeling this struggle of being discontent and not satisfied with where you are in this life? Understand, Christ is all that I have. He is all that I need. Where do comparisons really come from? It's because what we're trying to do is we're trying to fill this want and desire inside of our souls. 
Each of us long for more. We have and yet we want more. We have food, we want more. We have stuff and we want more. But understanding that this hole that we have is only a Christ-shaped void inside of ourselves and the only thing that can fill that void is Christ and Him alone. Christ is all I have and He is all that I need. I don't need more stuff, I just need a Savior. I don't need my circumstances to change. I just need the Redeemer on the cross. That understanding that He is the overcomer, and because I have an adopted Son, that I have become an overcomer as well. Christ is all that I have, and He is all that I need. Nothing in this world will satisfy the hunger I have inside of my heart. Because each of us, in our souls, that we were designed to long for the creator of the universe. That we are designed and created to long for eternity. And our souls are crying out for more. More of what? More of Him. The only thing that can satisfy that desire is Christ. And Christ alone. He is all that I have. And He is all that I need. All of this stuff is going to pass away. All of it's going to be gone. It means nothing. It means nothing. But he is all that I need. You want to be satisfied in this world? Write this down. Memorize it. Internalize it. Let it be your motto. And you just say it over and over and over again. And pretty soon you're going to find yourself in a place where you're like, man, my life's not that bad. <laughs> hey, my life's pretty good. Life is good, Right? That's where you want to be able to get to. Christ is all that I have, and He is all that I need. But then how do we live that out? Right? Like, okay, that's great, that's fine, and that's dandy, but I'm still living in a material world, and I'm a material girl, right? Like, how, how do I do that? Right? I don't understand. So how do I get to a place where I am living this out? I know that I want to be able to have Christ, that I'm only looking towards Him, but how do, I truly, how do I truly live that out? Well, I'm going to give you some very, two very practical steps to implement and to be able to get you to a place where you will be satisfied with Christ and Christ alone. Two very practical steps. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, we want to be able to kill. We need to learn to kill comparisons. We got to learn to kill them. Get rid of them. This is how big comparisons can be. Check this out in, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. Paul says, we do not dare to do what? To classify or compare ourselves. Don't even dare to compare yourself. And the world is daring you to. It's putting it in front of your face at all times. What you have is not enough. You need more. You need more. Don't dare to do it. I dare you. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I double dog dare you. I'm still not going to do it. Don't dare to compare yourself. And check this out. If you do, you are not wise. Because people that do compare themselves, they're not wise. So if you begin to compare yourself, you might be the opposite of wise. You might be a little foolish. I mean, I'm not calling you foolish, but you might be, okay? It's just what it is. 
Kill comparisons. Don't even dare to start doing it. I, I love the way that James says it in James chapter three. And, and if you want to be able to see something, just as blunt as possible, if you're a person that is like, tell it like it is type of person, you should read James. Because James is just, he's not pulling any punches. He's just going to tell it like it is, as straightforward as he possibly can. And he says this, but if you harbor bitter envy, envy, you shouldn't have envy. What is that? It's being jealous, right? It's comparing yourself and wanting what that other person has. And so if you harbor envy, selfish ambition, do not boast about it and don't deny it either. There's a reason why I asked you to be as honest as you possibly could because you can't fix something if you're denying it. So don't deny the fact that there is something inside of you that is causing you to compare yourself to somebody else. Admit it. It's the first step. Don't deny it. And such wisdom, I love that, I love that quote, such wisdom. That means it's not wisdom. That means the Bible's being sarcastic. Anybody appreciate the fact that the Bible can be sarcastic? That makes me feel better about my sarcasm, right? I love it so much. Such wisdom, such wisdom, it's not wisdom. Does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly. And he starts getting some strong language right here. It's unspiritual. In fact, that comparison game that you're playing and the envy that you feel inside of your heart, it's demonic. Whew, that's some language right there. Let me help you with this. It means that it's not from God. It means that it's putting you in the opposite direction of what God wants you to do because what you're doing is instead of focusing your life upon God, you're focusing on a bunch of stuff. You're focusing on the things of this world, and it's pulling you away from the life that God has for you. Such wisdom is pulling you away from God. And when it's pulling you away from God, check out what's going to happen. For where you have envy, where you have comparisons, where you have selfish ambition, there you find disorder. I don't even know what's going on with my life. Why is my life, why is my life such a mess? I feel like my life is such a mess. I can't, I, I can't keep anything straight anymore. Perhaps, perhaps it's because you're comparing your life to somebody else's. Because you're going to find disorder. You're also going to find every evil practice. I don't even understand why I'm giving into these temptations. They've, it's never been a struggle for me before. Why am I giving into this thing? Why is this thing overcoming me right now? Perhaps... Perhaps it's because you're getting pulled in a direction that is opposite of what God wants for you because you're focused on the things of this world instead of focused upon Him. The dangers of comparison. Do not dare. You need to kill every comparison that you have. Okay, so then how do we do that, right? Okay, I don't want to compare myself, so let's get practical on how we can kill comparisons that we face now here's a here's a couple of ideas they might pertain to you or if there's something else that, that strikes uh, imagination as you're going through this then, then write that down as well but for maybe for some of you to help kill comparisons you might want to do this just take a break from social media right like that's what i do what, what was it? I told you circumstances uh, of where, where we are. Like, I love my church. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, we didn't have that great of a Sunday. It felt like it was great a little while ago. Now, So you know what I do? 
I don't go on social media on Sunday anymore. I don't do it. And it makes me feel a lot better about where we're at as a church. It makes me feel a lot better about where I'm at as a preacher. Because, like, I thought I did pretty good. But, oh, that guy was a lot better. No, just stop doing it. Take a break from social media. It will help you in the comparison game. Like, if you feel like you haven't had a vacation and you're seeing your friend, they've been on their fourth vacation right now. What a, just don't look at it. Take a break from it, all right? And here's another one. I love this one. If it's like one person, just unfollow them. Just unfollow them. Like, I don't know if, you, I don't know if you're aware of this, but on Facebook, there's a really cool button that you can go and you just say, unfollow this person. And then none of their stuff will show up on your Facebook anymore. And they don't even know about it. How great is that? I don't follow any of you. I'm just playing about that one. I just, just want to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But, but you just, uh, just unfollow them. Stop, stop trying to worry about what others, somebody else is doing. And if it, causes, if it causes this envy inside of yourself, then just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Or, or how about this one? Go beyond social media. Just stop watching HGTV. You're going to love your house so much more. You're going to be like, wow, I didn't realize that my house, it doesn't have to look like Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? Like, you can do that. Just stop it. Just turn it off for a while, right? Like, don't go to the car show. You might enjoy your car a little bit more. Is what I'm saying to you. Just get rid of it. How can you kill comparisons? Put yourself into a position where you're not causing yourself to compare yourself to somebody else. Just get rid of it. I, I, this one, I love this one too. Just begin to learn to celebrate the success of somebody else. Instead of being jealous, instead of being jealous of the fact that they just went on their fourth vacation, why don't you instead say, I'm so excited that they got to go on another vacation because I know how hard they've been working. They, their family, well, they need it, right? Like, it changes your attitude about it. Learn to celebrate somebody. Maybe somebody else got a job that you were really wanting. You can celebrate the fact that they got the job and maybe begin to say, God, thank you so much for blessing me with not putting me into that situation because it might have been a little bit more difficult for me than, than what I realized. And I know that you have something more in the future for me because I know that all things work to the good of those who love him. And so you're going to celebrate what is happening in the success of somebody else's life. That's how you're going to kill comparison. Just, just get it out. Take a break from social media. Just, just, just unfollow. Just unfollow some stuff. Just stop filling your mind with all of these things and just begin to celebrate other people. It's gonna, that's how you're going to kill comparison. Do not dare to compare yourself because you're going to find yourself in disorder and a mess. You're going to find yourself giving into temptations that you wouldn't normally otherwise do. Just stop. Kill comparison. The second thing for us to get really practical and to begin to be satisfied 
with the world and what we have in this life. To begin to understand that Christ is all I have and he is all that I need. Number one, I'm going to kill comparisons. And number two, I need to begin to cultivate gratitude. Begin to cultivate an attitude of gratitude inside of your own life and for your life. Be thankful for what God has given you. I, I, I love this. I heard this saying, and I, I, I don't know who said it. I couldn't find who said it, but I just love it so much. It says, envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives. Being jealous of it. I'm angry that they got that. But yet ignoring God's goodness in my own life. I'm not even seeing the blessings that he's given me. Instead, I'm just seeing what somebody else has, and I'm, I'm so angry about it. And not, not just angry at them. I'm angry at God for blessing them with that. It's resenting God's goodness in somebody else's life and just ignoring it even in my own. And so what we want to do is we need to stop ignoring God's goodness in our own life. Begin to thank him for the blessings that he has given each and every single one of us. Begin to cultivate gratitude for your own life. Check this out in Proverbs 15, 15. It says, for the despondent. Anybody know, been around a despondent person? Oh, life is horrible. It was just, uh, it just, oh, it's just no good right now. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. Hey, how's life going right now? Oh, life is just so bad. Why is it so bad? It's raining outside. What do I live in Seattle or something like that? It's ridiculous, right? Hey, how's life going? Ah, life's so bad right now. Why is it so bad? It's, we need the rain so bad. Like, man, we can't even make you happy either way, right? You're going to be able to look at either one of those things and just be upset. Anybody know somebody like that? Some of y'all know them really well because it's you, right? Just negative, negative, negative all the time. Life is just problems all the time. Ugh. You don't even want, you don't want to talk. Anybody want to talk to somebody like that? Right? Like you don't want, I don't want, oh, like I see the phone call coming. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to hear about how hot it's going to be in Arizona. We live in Arizona. We know it's going to be hot. Can we just be thankful that it's 80 degrees today? Come on, somebody, right? It's May and it's 80 degrees. But some of y'all are like, but it's going to get hot. We know. Okay? You can choose to look at life that way. Or, or for the happy heart. Oh, come on now. For the happy heart, life is it's a continual feast. It's, things are going well. You change your mindset on the circumstance. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so, it's just so hot, it's hot in Arizona, instead you can be like, God, I'm so thankful for air conditioning. Come on, somebody, right? Like, I'm, I'm thankful for technology and air conditioning. Instead of being jealous over somebody else's house and how great their house looks, instead you can be able to just simply say, God, I'm, I'm so thankful for a roof over my head and for some indoor plumbing. Come on now. Anybody, we forgot what it's like without indoor plumbing. We should be thanking God every single day for some indoor plumbing. Especially in Arizona. We don't want to go to, I don't want to go to an outhouse in July. I don't even imagine what that's like. Now, now some of y'all are thinking about the smell of that outhouse. July in Arizona. How many of y'all thankful for some indoor plumbing? 
How about we just focus on some indoor plumbing instead of the fact that I don't have cool fixtures, right? Because that's what happens is that many times what we're doing is we're looking at social media and we see one of our best friends and she just, she just put a picture of some, some, uh, some brownies up on the, on, the, on, the, on the kitchen counter and we're not even looking at the brownies. We're looking beyond the brownies and we're like, look at that amazing kitchen that she's got, those cabinets, I don't know, all those white cabinets. I wish all my white cabinets, look at those pole knobs. Oh my goodness, those pole knobs. I never got so jealous over pole knobs in my entire life before, right? Instead, we can just be thankful for what God has given us. I'm so thankful, God, that I know what brownies are. And I get to live in a world that there are brownies. And it changes your attitude. Some of you, how many of y'all thankful for brownies? Come on, somebody, right? Like, ooey gooey, ooey gooey brownies. Don't give me no cake brownies. I want some ooey gooey brownies. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, preach that, right? Have an attitude of gratitude. Begin to celebrate what life is like. Your circumstances are going to, circumstances are going to be there. Your choice is yours on how you're going to see it. Instead of being jealous over somebody else's car, you can just say, God, thank you so much for four wheels that I can get to work today. And it just changes your mindset. Begin to cultivate gratitude for what God has blessed you with. Look at this. This is, what, this is what Paul said. Paul said this right before, right before he's talking about making sure that we're understanding that Christ is all that we have. He says this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, how many of those? Those are some good things right there, right? Whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, that's what you should be thinking about. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise from Jesus. How many of y'all like that? That promise, right? Want to live in the promises of Jesus right now? That's a promise for you. In this world, you will have trouble. And you can either focus on all of that trouble or you can focus on a Savior who is getting you out of all that trouble. Man, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, that's what you think about. And then give praise and thanks to the one who gives it to you. See, the problem that we run into is that we have this attitude. We can either have an attitude of lack or we can have an attitude of abundance where we think that we don't have anything that this world has to offer and we lack something. I'm in need of something. I don't have enough of something that this world is giving me. If I'm not mistaken... If I'm not mistaken, David said this in Psalm 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack. Somebody help me out now. Nothing. Nothing. I lack nothing. It doesn't say in this specific circumstance. It doesn't say when the blessings come to me. It doesn't say at the right time, in the right relationship, I lack nothing. No, no, no. The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing at all times. See, the world is trying to get us to a place where we feel like we're supposed to have more, where we're trying to fill all of this stuff with more stuff. I lack nothing. Why? Because Christ is all I have, and he is all I need. And I lack nothing. 
The life that God has for you is not to live in an attitude of lack, but to live in an attitude of abundance. That he has come to give us life and give it to us in the full. Give us exceedingly, abundantly more than anything that you could imagine. A life that is parasauce. That's what the kind of life that Jesus has for us. That's what he intends for us. Not that we have an abundance of circumstances and we have an abundance of just stuff. That we have an abundance of his spirit overflowing from us so that we're full of joy, that we're full of hope, that we're full of peace, that we are satisfied completely with everything that we have. Because I'm not trying to gain this whole world and lose my soul. I'm just trying to go after the Savior of my soul. He is all that I have, and He is all that I need. Come on, somebody. Don't you praise Him right now. Begin to kill the comparisons. Begin to cultivate gratitude inside of ourselves. Enjoy the life that God has given you. That's what Ecclesiastes 6.9 says. Enjoy what you have. Don't look at it and say, ah, it's nothing. Ah, blah. It was fine for a little while. I don't want it anymore. Enjoy what you have. Be thankful for it. Rather than just desiring what you don't have. That doesn't do you any good. It's just dreaming about nice things. This is meaningless. Well, if I had a bunch of money, this is what I would do. Why would you do that to yourself? Don't do that. It's like chasing the wind. Can't do it. It leads you to a place where your life is a mess and it's full of disorder. It leads you to a place where you're just constantly wanting more. The more that you have, and the more you chase after it, the less satisfied that you are with where you are. Instead, we're going to say, you know what? Christ. Christ is all I have. And Christ is all that I need. I'm not trying to chase after things that I don't have. Or things that are just going to pass away. Things that 100 years from now are meaningless. Our soul is crying out for eternity. And the only thing that can fill us is a Christ-shaped void The only thing that's going to be able to fill that is Jesus Christ himself. Christ is all that I have. And more importantly, Christ is all that I need. Come on, church, would you please stand with me today? And just begin to to close your eyes and and begin to contemplate what's going on. In this message today, have have you found yourself comparing where you are with other people? And you've left yourself dissatisfied. And I want more. And today, in this moment, I want to make the choice that I'm going to thank God with everything that I have and everything that He's given me. And most importantly, I'm just going to thank Him for, the, for who He is. He is all that I have and He is all that I need. If that's you today, I just want you with boldness to just be able to raise your hand up and declare, today is the day that I'm just going to strive after you and not strive after the things of this world. Today is the day that I want to make your name famous and not my own name. I'm not trying to make a, make a name for who I am. I just want to let the world know who you are, my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, raise your hand up. Begin to pray in your own heart, in your own words while we sing this song.